13, and it's uh, it's living up to expectations so far. Uh, our guest today, uh, we were originally going to be coming from uh, pre-debate coverage uh, for the third party uh, debate. Uh, that's been stepped back to November 5th. We do have the co-moderator and the communications director with us, and they're going to explain some of what's been going on. Uh, can you say hi, guys? Uh, Zach Carter, you're an Occupy person, right? You got it. I've spent uh, some time out at San Francisco's Occupy encampment and Austin, Texas. And you traded and you in go. your tent for working with the debate. Uh, can you introduce uh, Christine, please? Yeah, Christina Tobin, she's the founder and chair of Free and Equal Elections, an organization devoted to freedom, and here she is. Hi, gentlemen. Thanks so much for having me on your show. Thanks for being here. Where are you guys, by the way? In the United States. <laughs> <laughs> we wonder whether you'd gotten blown down range ways. Uh, you were originally going to be in D.C. right now? We were. We were going to hit the road and travel to D.C., but um, we're going to do that on Thursday now. Okay. So, um, the hurricane, I'm just glad everybody's okay, and there was a real media blackout Monday, Tuesday, and, well, they're getting everything up, satellites and all of that still, and I'm just glad everybody's okay, and so we're going to have the debate next Monday on November 5th. Remember the 5th of November, and uh, it'll be exciting at 9 p.m. Eastern. Okay. Washington, uh, D.C. What have we missed so far? You were the co-moderator last. Uh, can you can you talk to some of the Occupy people? What are the issues that that the Occupy people would want to hear about? Sure, I would say that uh, we have a need, a, a very big need, to reform the electoral system throughout the United States, and people are seeing the two-party system for what it is. They've been playing us for over a century now. They work together. And uh, the problems we have from SOPA to NDAA to the Patriot Act to war to war on drugs and so on, well, it all derives from the politicians in office making those laws happen. And uh, that stems down to the money, special interests, whether it's uh, corporate money, union money, it just doesn't matter. Both parties alike have caused these problems. So here at Free and Equal, we're going to have a real debate that, uh, ask real questions, maybe about ending the Federal Reserve, or our last debate addressed the NDAA, and, uh, you know, social interaction, media technology, and we're really here to unite the grassroots movement across the spectrum, from the left to the right. Uh, doesn't matter uh, to make the world a better place, to shift back to the origins of the Constitution. Great. Uh, we're, we're, uh, we were really glad to get a chance to hear from you guys. Um, could, could you give us an idea of what the debate, uh, some of the issues that were covered last time? This was not oh. – oh, go ahead. Yeah, sure. I mean, as, as I mentioned, from the National Defense Authorization Act to amending the Constitution uh, to uh, corporate special interest control of the electoral process, and what was really great, uh, it was moderated by Larry King. I, I feel so humbled. I sometimes have to watch the video to think it was – like a dream come true, you know, moderating or co-moderating a debate next to Larry King. But my favorite part of the whole debate was at the very end when I, we looked out to the audience and saw that probably close to a 1,000 kids, mostly kids from college, we had a standing ovation of probably three minutes. 
I mean, I, I get goosebumps even telling you about it right now. It was so powerful. And, you know, those are the kids that are going to be running for office, the youth, the people for the 2014 races. That's the key. We, uh, I'm having a little trouble hearing you. We're having our own technical problems. Uh, but it, it, uh, one of the, uh, one of the problems we were running into on the re, on the setup for this show, uh, was people feel like, what's the point, uh, in the, uh, in the article that I was promoting with, I quoted, uh, Larry King as saying, well, none of these candidates are gonna win, but they deserve a voice. Can you elaborate on that? Sure, I would say that uh, under the current electoral system, Larry King is right. The system is rigged for the two-party system, well, to be the only winners. Uh, whenever you have a third-party candidate like Ralph Nader or, you know, Ron Paul, Ralph Nader is, you know, coming close. It's 04. He was just knocked off the ballot in over 30 states. The Democratic Party sued, and and uh, he just couldn't even get on the ballot when he was a real threat to the system. We saw what happened to Ron Paul down in Florida. And we lost the signal. We'll try to get that back again here. Uh, looks like it's trying to dial in now. Are you back with us, Zach? Well, we still don't have him back in here. Give us just a minute. Hopefully we'll get our communications going again. I think we're still running into problems caused by the communications glitches from Hurricane Sandy. Or it could be that it's our 13th episode and that's what's jinxed the entire country. I hate to think that. It's going to be a terrible bill. 5th of November. Hey, guys. We lost you there for a minute. I, I just now I'm getting back on the signal. I have no idea what you, what your your response was. Are you still there? Yes, I am. Great. <laughs> I thought I was going to be reading the ingredients on the ketchup bottle here any minute. Now. Another great moment in live radio history. Where where were you? I I can't even. I I don't know where we were when I lost your signal. But you're back now, and that's what counts. Great. Thanks for having me back. What was the last thing that you heard? Uh we were. I think. The panic adrenaline rush when you dropped off the air, I've completely forgotten what I was talking about. Um, well, we were talking about how parties, you know, something around the basis of parties and Larry King saying they can't win the third parties. And that was I was it. just, re- yeah, I was just responding on the basis that, well, he's right. Under the current electoral system, it's rigged. It's rigged for third parties to not win because of the ballot access barriers to the closed debates to... Uh, fraud to, I mean, we saw what happened to Ron Paul in Florida. You know, the Republican Party would rather crash the party than let somebody else take over. Uh, Independent Ralph Nader went through the same thing in 2004 where the Democratic Party uh, sued and kept him off the ballot in over 30 states when he was a true threat to the system. And then you have the two-party system making up things like saying, oh, if you vote third party, it's a waste of votes or spoiler effect. Well, um, there's a way to fix that. You could implement proportional representation. But, see, the two-party system is the problem. They've been playing us for over a century now since the creation of the ballot access barriers, which derived from the Australian ballot back in 1890. 
So between that and the creation of the 1974 Federal Election Commission Act, that's really the lifeline of the parties. I've said that many times in interviews, and I'll continue to say it. And uh, so I foresee a lot of people running for office in 14. And, well, Free and Equal, we've got some really, really, really big, big projects coming up for us in 2013. And I'll be doing this for the rest of my life full time, <laughs> working for Free and Equal. <laughs> but, uh, we were uh, in the in the run-up for the show. Uh, we were talking about, uh, I guess, October 16th. Our guest was Bev Harris, and oh, you great. probably missed that show, seeing as how you were the co-mod. Well, no, you weren't co-moderator yet, were you? That was when they were gonna, when the uh, Green Party candidates were arrested. Did that trigger you into trying to get a debate so that they could get uh, uh, get their word out? You know, the first debate we did at Free and Equal was back in 2008. We actually held a debate between independent Ralph Nader and Constitution Party candidate Chuck Baldwin in Washington, D.C. at the Mayflower Hotel. And it aired on C-SPAN 2 nationwide, the number one nationally, number one archived video political season for C-SPAN there. And I just knew that people wanted to see it. So we got so many supporters saying, Christina, please do it again. And I finally just melted. And that was prior uh, to the arrest of uh, Jill Stein, of course. So um, we just did what the people wanted. And I have to tell you, it was not easy getting these four candidates confirmed. I mean, you're dealing with different personality types. And some of them, you know, want one candidate or two. And, you know, we, we got all four. And, well, there's 27 candidates running for president. You may not have known that. Most don't. We're on the ballot in at least one state. So um, I hope in the future we can just have a requirement where, the people decide their instant runoff voting, who they want to have in the first round of debates, whether it be eight or six. And I think that's a great platform because instant runoff voting, it gets rid of that spoiler effect. It gets rid of the waste of vote syndrome. And, of course, the two-party system, I don't even think they know what instant runoff voting is. <laughs> so, uh, you know, those are the kind of reforms that we want to implement. Zach, can I get you to jump in here a minute? Uh, I had some questions for you, too, if you... If you can uh, pick up the mic again, let me know when you're on. You got it. I uh, was curious, uh, how did you get from the uh, – I think you already answered, but could you elaborate again on how did you go from Occupy to uh, to working with this, and what are you doing as communications manager? Yeah, uh, how I got here. Um, it, it's been a wild year for me. I had uh, a concert tour in support of a presidential candidate last year, and everything went wrong. We can go with uh, uh, a concert tour, and there's so many you know pieces to a tour, uh, but everything from you know my headliner KRS-One backing out, love the guy, but uh, and um, to my vehicle breaking down <laughs> repeatedly. But everything for a reason, right? You know, the people I met on that tour uh, connected me with another group and another group which led me to Christina. And I was I was a casual volunteer uh, when I started. It's only been a month and a half. Yeah, it's only been a month and a half since I've been. A, I was a casual volunteer when I started. And I happened to catch an interview that George Farah was doing with Amy Goodman on Democracy Now! And he was talking about what it would take to take power back from the presidential debate committee 
which the League of Women Voters in 1992 called a fraud upon the American people. And what he was explaining needed to be done is what I knew Christina Tobin was working on at freeandequal.org, which is you know, having our own debates that, that have enough of an audience to you know, shock the country. And I, I just threw myself into volunteering at that point. I wasn't casual anymore. Um, and quickly uh, and within days brought in um, Link TV. Uh, well, I didn't help with that, did I? Uh, <laughs> but uh, or, or it's, it's been a wild month. Al, Al Jazeera, um, RT America, I did help with that. Aura, I helped bring them in. C-SPAN helped bring them in. Um, and then our our sponsors, I helped bring in The Nation, uh, great progressive magazine. Even helped bring in the American conservative um, magazine, just completely other end of the spectrum. Um, and over, I, I guess I, I helped bring in 30 or 30 or so other sponsors that, that span that spectrum. Just, uh, and it's been, you know, 18 hours a day since. Um, I'm on fire and, and this presidential <laughs> debate committee needs to go. <laughs> we, we need, we need, um, we need real candidates with, you know, that are talking ideas that, that uh, the two party system doesn't allow, uh, real questions that, that people heard on the 23rd, uh, the drug war, the war on drugs and what that is doing to America, uh, the banks, what the banksters are doing to us. Uh, and uh, hopefully there's there's more questions on on uh, uh, the banks and monetary policy and and corporations on this debate coming up on the fifth. How are you guys handling the questions that are inbound to you? I, they seem to have a pretty closed system for the quote unquote uh, prime time candidates. Uh, how are you guys dealing with it? Yeah, this last time around for the debate on the twenty third, we had a spot on the website uh, where people could uh, submit their questions. I'm not sure if that's up yet. I mean, it's a good thing we've had this reprieve from the hurricane where we can, uh, you know, take stock and, and work on, on things. We're learning as we go here, right. um, and, and free and equal is growing as, as we go. Uh, so that there will be a spot on the website where people can submit questions again. Cool. And on Facebook and Twitter, we're, Again, we're picking up on those too. I, we want to throw in a plug on that because there was some confusion. I was uh, monitoring what really happened. Uh, Mike Rivero is was one of the original members of Occupy America, um, and he was doing a show. There was a question whether or not the debate was last night, tonight, or November fifth. We got the November fifth part cleared back up. Can you go ahead and tell us? Uh, Tell us a little bit about that again, just uh, so people are aware. Yeah, it was scheduled for tonight, but due to the hurricane uh, messing with the East Coast, uh, we, we figured that you know, not only might people have people might have a hard time flying in. Some of our uh, candidates, uh, Governor Johnson and, and uh, Dr. Jill Stein, uh, but media would be unlikely to cover it because the mainstream media is just so fixated on <laughs> tragedies. Probably a uh, good move. 
Yeah, yeah. And so we have moved it to the 5th of November. Remember, remember the 5th of November. <laughs> That's a good way. We'll Revolution, see we... brother. <laughs> go ahead. Did you start to say something, Mark? Yeah, um, I was going to say uh, it, it certainly sounds like, uh, you know, d- despite some of the, uh, the difficulties you've had, like you really pulled off a lot in an incredibly short time here. Do you... Uh, do you get a sense that you've been able to do that because uh, people really are kind of uh, uh, desperate for an alternative political message and to uh, to know what other points of view are besides uh, outside of the Republicans and the Democrats? Exactly, and that that's what's made it so easy for us to to move as, you know, as far as we have in such a short period of time is people are hungry for it. People are hungry for, you know, a national discussion on, on the war on drugs, um, on our foreign policy, you know, these, these endless wars. I'm, I'm a veteran of Iraq. Uh, I was there in 2003. Um, we, we still got troops there. Even that was before we just recently put more in. There was still a presence at our, our, we got our, I won't even, Call it sprawling. It's beyond that. Our our embassy in Iraq, um, and and that that's just Iraq. And then there's we've got troops everywhere, and it's way past time for a national discussion on bringing all of them home. Uh, and and that's yeah. <laughs> like I said, I'm on fire. Um, <laughs> I'm, I've been upset with with the way this country is been going ever since I got kicked out of the army and I've been looking for things to help bring some of our freedoms back. Can can you elaborate on the kicked out of the army? I didn't put the link up on the YouTube yet. I'm going to have that on the show that will go with the archive copy. Yeah, I I spent three years active duty and I spent four years in the reserve. So it was the reserves that I got kicked out of. (laughs) Uh, But I I made a YouTube video, uh, put it up on a Friday night. Uh, Sunday night, uh, the original had 80,000 hits in a weekend, and that I, I uh, Sunday night, I, oh my goodness, <laughs> and then and then Monday morning, I, I you know I knew the, my phone was going to ring, <laughs> and sure enough, um, Monday morning, my company commander called me and oh he gave me a good chewing out, uh, and, and told me he was. Did he have a specification? I mean, were you out of uniform, Sarge, or what was the uh... What was yeah, the he, he he wanted me locked up. He did. <laughs> There's a lot of that going around. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, he he let me know that you know he he uh, you know the first call he made that morning was to the Pentagon, oh. and it wasn't before noon um, that I got a call from the Pentagon. And you know, junior NCOs don't usually get calls from the Pentagon, and um, they they were letting me know that I was under investigation. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm sure that uh, that caused your pucker factor to really kind of change into a different gear at that point. Well, I knew making the video that you know what what I did and what I said in the video in uniform uh, would would have this effect. Um, I just didn't expect it all that fast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was uh, again. I'm sorry I don't have the video up because it's really it's a good video. Uh, but basically, underneath your uniform, uh, you've got a Ron Paul. 
I, I was wearing a Ron Paul t-shirt underneath my ACU top, and I took my beret off at the end and put on a Ron Paul cap. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty despicable. I, I don't... It's pretty despicable that I would want our elected officials to, you know, <laughs> at least read the Constitution before they pass laws. Yeah, well, again, not much of that going along uh, right now. Anything there, uh, Mark? Uh, well, uh, let's see. Um, yeah, I caught you hanging. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, you did. Uh, <laughs> Uh, actually, actually, I, uh, I, I do have a question uh, in regards to what Christine was talking about earlier uh, in regards to uh, some of the ways that uh, third parties are uh, kept off the ballot. Um, and, and I wanted, I, I know a lot of that is kind of dependent upon uh, the, uh, the rules and regulations in different states. And I really wanted to ask you guys uh, what, uh, since you're so he- heavily into this uh, subject matter, uh, is, is what are some of the more uh, common modes and uh, legalistic tricks that uh, you guys see that, uh, that do keep, uh, you know, the uh, third parties not only uh, off the ballot, but off the, out, of the, out of the limelight as well? Yes, yeah, I'm going to hand the mic back to Christina Tobin. She is the expert on this subject matter. And if uh, here she is, and if you could repeat uh, the question there, it'd be appreciated. Okay, certainly. Uh, uh, what I was asking is, uh, essentially I wanted to know what are, uh, uh, knowing that, you know, it, it depends upon what uh, what state you're in and the uh, particular legislation in that state and how they run their elections. Uh, but yeah. I, I'm wondering what uh, what are some of the most common modes uh, around the country uh, and uh, and uh, methods that uh, not only keep the uh, third parties off the ballot but uh, you know, also out of the limelight and uh, kind of works uh, you know in the favor of the uh, of the two major parties. Sure, um, my mentor. If you haven't heard of him yet, I, I recommend recommend you reach out to him. him. His name is Richard Winger of Ballot Access News. He is the election law expert, the best throughout the United States. He's testified well over 300 cases throughout the United States. and He's been my mentor for probably five years now, and what he has taught me is so much about the restrictive ballot access laws. Uh, The amount of signatures it takes to get on the ballot is astronomical. In 2008, I worked as the National Ballot Access Coordinator for Independent President Candidate Ralph Nader. And, and while I don't agree with all of his views, I do agree with the fact that we need more voices and choices on the ballot. And um, I've learned about the hurdles of how difficult it is to get on the ballot. Um, some signatures can you know, be several hundred thousand signatures just to get on the ballot. And even on top of that, you have uh, lots of detailed paperwork to uh, I remember Ralph having to travel to five states at the last minute just because he had to have forms notarized by in-state notary, you know, via video camera, just so there was proof, uh, so he wouldn't be knocked off the ballot. And you better believe it, when the two-party system, when they don't abide by their own laws, which is what happened, uh, the Democratic-Republican presidential candidate back in 08, uh, they were four days days late filing paperwork, declaration of candidacy form for Texas. That's what it was in Texas. Um, they should have been off the ballot. But see, 
the judicial system ruled them on because they're part of the system, and the judicial system is, you know, appointed by, uh, you know, the elect officials, the D's and R's, who are placed into office by, well, special interest money, corporate union alike. And so it's just, uh, it's so rigged, and so those ballot access barriers are by far, I would say, uh, the number one reason uh, why we don't have more voices and choices. And well, Ron Paul said it himself to us directly back in the last presidential election. The number one reason he didn't run as a third-party candidate is because of those ballot access barriers. Right. And uh, isn't it true, though, that in uh, at least in some states, the uh, requirements for getting on the ballot are actually higher for the third parties? I mean, even when they're not... Gaming the uh, <laughs> gaming the existing rules aren't some of the rules uh, that they have uh, biased in the first place. Yes, you know I I come from the heart of Chicago here. My father Jim Tobin he ran for governor back in 1998, and that was my first taste of you know first taste of how how horrible this electoral system was because in Illinois you have to get 25,000 signatures to get on the ballot as a third-party or independent candidate. Uh, while the Democrats and Republicans only have to get 5,000 signatures, might I add, they typically use full-time state employees, taxpayers' dollars to gather those signatures, and then they're dealing with a judicial system that just rules them on the ballot. And uh, third parties, uh, they're constantly challenged. They're wrongfully knocked off the ballot. And, you know, that's just one prime example of many, but, I find it so ironic when President Obama ran for Senate and all the races in Illinois, he never had a challenger. Every single one of his challengers in Illinois were wrongfully, or for that matter, knocked off the ballot. And uh, so, you know, that those ballot access barriers, first and foremost, uh, we have to get rid of those. Maybe implement a flat filing fee, $500. Who knows? Yeah, the, the main reason I bring that up is... Uh, you know, I know there's there's got to be people out there who would like to get involved, and uh, it's it's good to let them know exactly what they need to be looking for and what they need to be working against. That uh, not just uh, you know that they need to support the third party uh, and third parties and third party candidates, but uh, but also that they need to be uh, you know know the system within their state and be able to identify things like that and work against it because obviously when you have a two tier system like that, that is uh, that's not really a, a very uh, democratic or republican process. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. Imagine there being. Let's just say we're going to be we're going to be launching a national database. I've never gone into to this much detail until now. Uh, not only listing every single candidate running for office, shining a light on special interests, the bad money in politics, and letting the people decide equally which candidate they want to have win. Uh, I, I do see a shift towards independence for the 14 races. But imagine this website also having all the details of what it takes to get on the ballot. See, I've worked with the legal counsel for Ralph Nader closely, uh, Oliver Hall back in 08, and so on, to get on the ballot. Not all 45 states plus D.C. Uh, even surpassed the Libertarian Party, and we started at, at zero ballot lines. I think the Libertarians started about 30. And uh, our, our legal counsel with Free Nicole is currently the national legal counsel for the Libertarian Party of the United States. So, uh, you know, bringing these great constitutional attorneys together across the spectrum, 
that website will incorporate all the hurdles, all the requirements, all the documents, and uh, we hope to also provide the, the resources in the sense of how do you win, how do you get on the ballot, you know, how do you fundraise, and maybe you need a constitutional lawyer to help you out pro bono. You know, so those are the kind of things that we'll have just in a nutshell, um, as well as educating these candidates about the honest media, honest organizations, creating panel discussions, and having them at the, at the touch of their fingertip going online and watching a one-hour panel on uh, voter fraud or the need to opening the debates or the different topics from GMO to war. Uh, you know, we're going to provide all those sources and tools and uh, free and equal we're going to build up others, all those groups, media, working together with you guys long-term and all these amazing candidates that I foresee uh, really uh, arising to the surface in 2013. That's a really good point. I wanted to touch base on that when uh, we had Bev Harris on the last show. and She was talking about the uh, fundraising efforts underway by Black Box Voting to mm -hmm. create a, uh, a database system to document vote fraud evidence, which I thought was a superb idea. Um, have you guys got, uh, I assume you have fundraising going on too? Absolutely. I, I've heard Bev Harris's name come up so many times, and it's inevitable that our worlds will, uh, uh, will, cry, will come together because I hear great things about her from every direction. And so um, we, we hope to and plan on working with people like her to incorporate her ideas, concepts, you know, vetted groups, leaders, and so on, uh, to educate people about, uh, you know, black box voting versus open source software. And I look forward to learning from her. Maybe she'll be one of those experts that will be on our panels to, to discuss amongst fellow experts as to what the resolutions will be. Uh, the resolutions are there, and uh, we'll be <laughs> figuring them all out come next year. But, uh, yeah, that's a great, great question. I look forward to working, you know, with people like, like her and, and many others as well. Well, this is the, to open up the electoral process. <laughs> this is the third in the Occupy the Vote series. Uh, one of the things that we're running into is, is just, uh, as we've mentioned before, uh, learned helplessness, if you Google the term learned helplessness, is a big part of the toolbox of the opposition. Uh, again, like we covered with Bev Harris, um, Tragedy and Hope, the historian Carol Quigley, talks about uh, that... J.P. Morgan was documented as being able to reach into elections by funding both sides, clear back in the turn of the last century. Um, so it, uh, are, do you guys, what do you see as a future to help um, to try to break through? They've had 100 years to figure out how to mess this system up this bad. Um, in a nutshell, these kids feel disenfranchised I mean, and take their vote away. Uh, what do you say to them? Well, with technology and social networking, it's a huge game changer. We're here to make history by making the world a better place and inspiring and waking up the youth. And when they do their research about free and equal, they'll see that everything about us is just so pure. You know, everything at the heart of who we are. And you're right about Goldman Sachs, as we know, and, uh, you know, big funders at the very top. I mean, top of the Federal Reserve. I mean, it gets deeper and deeper, but... Um, from Sachs to Rocket Bell to Rothschild. I mean, there's a lot of powerful people out there. But even I, myself, I don't point fingers at them. I just want to fix things. That's all. <laughs> I always like to give the benefit of the doubt. Maybe someday uh, people like that will give towards great causes rather than maybe not so great ones. But, 
you know, in any case, uh, we got to shine a light on politics, the money in politics. And you're right, that that money in politics has really has gotten us where we are today. And and we're going to break that stranglehold because here at Free and Equal, we've done our history and we recognize that there's a common denominator between the left and the right. As we know in the Tea Party movement, some arguably occupy Wall Street. You know, some argue that they were co-opted, whatever, by money system and all. But that true grassroots movement, your listeners today who are listening on the phone and Tea Party, the grassroots people that were left hanging, that's who we're attracting here at Free and Equal. And, yes. and, and uniting people across the spectrum that maybe we can cut that government a little bit, you know, back to the origins of the Constitution. And under an efficient, transparent government, maybe it paying taxes of 30, 40, whatever the people want, 50% of what they're paying today, uh, we can actually get something for our money, you know, and an efficient government, not the waste going into whether it's unions and multi-million dollar government pensions of the big guys at the top of $16 million lifetime pension payouts. But then you have the corporate side, you know, where they give the donations to the two-party system and they get all these big breaks and so on and so on. You know, we, we just, that, uh, that's gotten us nowhere. That's, that's, that's put us in a very harmful direction. So here at Free and Equal, we're here to, to break that stranglehold just by building others. We're that movement to build others and awareness and work together and have a peaceful and prosperous life. We've got a link to your site again, uh, Free and Equal. Uh, and, uh, again, we wanted to give you a chance. Did you have fundraising uh, going on? Right now, uh, Bev was right in the middle of trying to get the get the improved computer system, and it sounds like you have some kind of a computer system coming together. Yeah, I mean, we we I think that we'll end up incorporating and working with individuals like Bev. Why why reinvent the wheel when we can work together? We're here to create awareness. Um, assuming she's great and it sounds like it, you know, we'll have all of our experts vet and all. But you know, we're here to build awareness for great organizations and things like what she's doing. So, um, again, we're here to bring them all together. We're not here to reinvent the wheel. We're here to bring the experts. What's good? What isn't? And uh, what kind of systems do we need? And we'll leave it up to the organizations who are experts on those topics. Like, for example, fairvote.org. Rob Uh Ritchie there, a great friend of mine. Boy, I mean, when it comes to instant runoff voting, proportional representation, I mean, he's a he's the guru <laughs> on that topic, and you know, Bev being with black box voting versus open soft. I can't wait to sit down and have a cup a cup of tea with her and just you know pick her brain and learn from these well, experts. But hopefully, we can we can put you guys together on a show somewhere up in the immediate future, especially after the election's right. over. I know you're probably hammered right now with, especially <laughs> what kind of problems did you get into? Just just to give people an idea, snapshot. When you reschedule the world press for an event, did that cause any snafus on your end? No, it didn't at all. It was actually <laughs> was a sort of a relief because a week after the last debate, it's like, wow, it's already here. And, you know, in, in the sense that it would have been great to have it Tuesday, but there was a media blackout. The media's like, we can't make it. And obviously, I'm looking at the Hurricane HD, uh, of course they couldn't make it. So, it was no snafu. There's an understanding. People have compassion, and they, they get. We're just all happy. No, nobody was really harmed, and everything can be fixed. It could have been a lot worse, and so everybody's just picking themselves up, uh, you know, just dusting and <laughs> dusting it off. And I think tomorrow, Thursday, uh, things will get a little bit back into order. But no, 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 reper- no problem at all. And I think it's exciting, exciting to have 
the last debate, the day before the election in Washington, D.C. We already have so much media confirmed and even interested from all different countries, from, you know, Turkey, throughout the Middle East, Russia, and China. We, our last debate had France and Japan, and we expect, you know, so it's just, of course, within the U.S., the mainstream started to pick it up at the last minute, you know, dragging their feet in <laughs> C-SPAN and, and, uh, and so on, CNN, Washington Post. So I'm really excited. I, I really feel uh, uh, it's, we're bringing in a lot of uh, international issues into this debate. And as you know, it's going to be Gary Johnson with the Libertarian Party and Jill Stein with the Green. And I think they're both great individuals. I see them as individuals, not even with parties, because there's such a disconnect <laughs> even between the parties and the campaigns I've learned in putting on these debates. It would be great to be able to get both of them on uh, before the election. Uh, I can, can help. No, Zach can make that happen. Yes. We can see if we can get together another show. live feed, uh, and I'll get back in touch with you on that. It would also be nice to hear it. Um, like Larry King said, the perception is, with the rigged game or whatever, that neither of these candidates will win, it would be interesting to hear a discussion of, okay, here's what you're not going to hear from the primetime candidates. Um, what do they agree on? How do we find that's one of the biggest problems for the Occupy movement. If you represent a voice of 99%, uh, what do the 99% actually support? And that makes it more difficult. What are the points between the uh, Green Party and the Libertarian Party. Are you getting any sense of what that would look like as far as a debate? Sure. You know, again, 99%. I just, I don't think it needs to be so divisive. Again, I think the no. two-party system has, has really, uh, really, not that that is, but just the two-party system is really, that's how they've really lived and survived as often as being divisive. So I actually saw this great, great interview that Judge Napolitano back in the day when Fox Freedom Watch was still on right. got shut down, as you know, by mainstream, you know, top right. Fox executives. Not not good there. But in any case, there was a debate or a discussion there, that is, between Ralph Nader, as we know, he leans left, and uh, yes. Ron Paul, yes. uniting against the establishment. So, you know, when they talked about the NDAA, the SOFA, uh, ending the Federal Reserve, that's a huge one. You better believe that our debate on Monday is going to have that question. No surprises there. I mean, so it's just uh, there's that common denominator. And, you know, while Ralph is all for single-payer health care and Ron Paul not so much, well, let the people decide. I don't think it's the politicians that say what's right or wrong. If the people feel that, you know, through electing the right kind of officials at the state, local, federal uh, state, local, that is, congressional levels, constituents that represent the people, not the money, if they feel government should be cut back, you know, 40, 50 percent or whatever, 60 is up to them, uh, do they want, with their taxpayers' dollars, do they want good health care? Do they not let the people decide? I don't think it's a politician that should say it's one way or another, Ron Paul or Ralph Nader. So, you know, we're here just to create that system, again, back to the origins of the Constitution. And we those will, are some of the topics of many that can unite them together, both Jill Stein and Gary Johnson. We would matter. love to try to get something together. Again, not a debate format because you guys are taking care of that, but just as a as a discussion of where is the beginning of one of two of the first Occupy supporters, I think within the first week, we had a video, and I'll see if I can find the link to that. But we had Ralph Nader, who is extreme, as you said, uh, perceived as extreme left, and we had uh, Ron Paul stepping out as a supporter of the Occupy movement, which would be perceived as far right. Um, 
again, somewhere in there, there's got to be a common denominator, and, and trying to find that, that's, well, that's not as easy as it looks. Oh, I promise you, it's a lot easier than you think. <laughs> again, that mainstream media, the money in media, and the money in politics, and it's just, they've been playing us. They've been playing us for so long, and, well, now we know better, because we, that social networking, that technology is so cool. I love is. that I can actually, I don't own a TV. I don't think I ever will. <laughs> and so, and, uh, you know, so I just, you know, I look up media the way I want on my computer. I don't know about you, you guys. <laughs> well, we're, we're hoping you'll also join us. That is the Occupy America social network. Uh, there are forums. Um, we're trying to create a, uh, a common denominator for what is liberal arts. Uh, the word liberal has been demonized. Uh, liberal means free. Uh, liberal arts means works worthy of free men. So we're trying to go back on what we should have all learned in school, but somehow uh, need some refresher courses on. We're trying to provide that information, and we'd sure like to have you as a part of that. And, and in, in that thought, it would really be great if we can put together that discussion, because we've tried on other forums to try to begin to get uh, what are the uh, what do 99% support um, the the uh, Occupy Wall Street? It's, it's uh, specifically can't agree on. Well, do we want to eliminate the Fed or control the Fed? Or so again, there's quite a degree of uh, shading of gray, and it's great that you seem to be since you've been watching the debates this year too. Uh, see some kind of common ground in there. Oh, there is, and I can, and Zach Carter has just been an angel as our communications director out of nowhere, right? <laughs> Free and equal, we've been fortunate, and our whole team, and just a few good people. But, yeah, I would urge you definitely to focus on, when you bring them on, just what they have in common. And I can assure you, if you watch that Napolitano video, both Ralph Nader and Ron Paul end the Federal Reserve. Okay. So, I mean, there is just so much in common there, and I do see, again, that peaceful, prosperous future, and of course, I mean, the, the great work that you guys do is just is so powerful, and I feel really honored to be on here and help spread that message. It's the beginning of the message, so it can just grow and prosper. And so that's going to be the key. And, again, and I love I love the idea of coming back on because we want people to run for office. I mean, just in the last week, I've had dozens of people email me, I'm going to run for office next year. I personally ran for office in 2010 as Secretary of State in California at 28 years of age. No experience, never ran before. Well, I know I didn't. And, you know, just I almost did. But, you know, it was just really because <laughs> of my dad. But, you know, I've been around it here and there. But prior to that, I lived in Bali, Indonesia for almost three and a half years and just kind of doing my own thing and came back. And I'm like, I'm going to run for office. And, and <laughs> just you know, <laughs> suddenly doing the Nader thing, too, just kind of happened. And so, you know, it's just, I hope to inspire. And one quote I love of Ralph Nader is that a true leader creates more leaders, not followers. And that's kind of, that's something I live by every day. And yeah, create, awesome. create, create more leaders. <laughs> Go ahead, Mark. Oh, I, I, just, I was just commenting. Yeah, that's awesome. I like that. Definitely. Yeah, you know, and at Free and Equal, we are truly grassroots. I mean, this last debate we did cost us, oh gosh, like over. I don't know, seventy, eighty thousand it's a lot of money, you know, a thousand dollars, but we had to do it. And I, I mean it's just we've had supporters come out now. I'm so, so happy. I mean, just one dollar, five dollar, twenty dollar donations and they know it's gonna be spent right because 
just research us. You know, we're just so low key, mostly volunteers, virtual. We don't even have an office. Everybody works from their laptops wherever they are in the United States. I meant that we're in the United States now. So, <laughs> and you know, <laughs> undisclosed so, location. <laughs> yeah. So. You're, Near Chicago, heading to D.C. soon, and then off to the West Coast, you know, so it's just, uh, and so on. But uh, it's been really exciting because, like, all that money is spent for the right causes and for great things. And, and what we've done with such a, I mean, a, a good amount, but a fair, not, not millions, I mean, just just small amount. We've been able to have Larry King and really a grassroots movement here. So go to free and equal, free and equal dot org, free and equal dot org, and, and sign up for our newsletter and learn about us. Get comfortable with us, and and then uh, you know maybe support us too if you feel that's good for you. I think it you will. And we're just going to keep doing the same old good thing for, well, probably be doing it for the rest of my life and passing the baton on to another <laughs> down the road. So. <laughs> so. Mark, did you have anything? We got about 15 minutes left in the show here. Uh, one to, I'm sure there's about a gazillion things. I don't see any of our questions coming in from Chatango. Nothing, huh? Uh, well, uh, the uh, one question that we almost always ask all of our guests on nearly every subject, uh, I'll go ahead and put that forward. Exactly, uh, what, what are some of the uh, ways that people can get involved on a uh, on a local level, individually? Uh, Certainly, some people can help with donations. Uh, other people uh, may have time to uh, actually uh, go out and get out and do things. Uh, so, uh, what would be your uh, your thoughts on uh, people, uh, you know, getting uh, getting into getting involved in this sort of thing? Well, what a great question! Tomorrow is going to be a great day to get involved at free and equal dot org because. For the first time this year, we're going to ask all of our supporters, all the campaign supporters and so on, to start calling the mainstream media to cover this debate. We had international media cover the Larry King debate, a little bit of mainstream. I know Lawrence O'Donnell, kudos to him, MSNBC, did a really great uh, interview on what we are doing, Washington Post. But, you know, I didn't see any ABC, NBC, right. and you know, the money in media. So I would urge the supporters to go in there and just politely call them and say, hey, you know, do your job. Cover this awesome debate on November <laughs> yeah. 5th, you know. So, <laughs> and uh, for, me, for me, work for me. Yeah, and so that will be a good start. And we actually just brought on a full-time, at least one if not two, volunteering. They're a volunteering to, a volunteer coordinator. So if you go on our website, freeandequal.org, click the volunteer tab, and you can, you know, choose what is best fit for you. Um, in the future, after the election, because like I said, we're not going anywhere. We're here to stay. Um, we have caucus leaders, uh, you know, that's going to grow in what's dozens, soon to be hundreds, throughout the United States who will oversee uh, the state eventually locally and, and will be involved with, you know, creating those open debates and, and, and so many other things. So, you know, just get on online, interact. We'll have a huge, even another huge upgrade on our website uh, through uh, early 2013. And go volunteer today and, you know, and, and learn about us. Get comfortable. Again, get comfortable with us first. So go to freeandequal.org. Uh, whatever you can to donate will be sent right. But, I mean, donating your time is, is so uh, invaluable as well. So I'm so thankful 
um, you know, to be on your show and to help spread the, 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 the word, the movement, the movement here of, of uniting across the spectrum against the establishment. Mark, we, I don't know whether you saw it or not, but we do have one question, it looks like, that came in. Can you, do you see it? Uh, no, like I said, I, I don't know. I got you. Right now. Uh, it's, uh, evidently it came in from someone in the audience. What happens if no one wins the election? What if no one gets 270 electoral votes? Could you kind of give us a procedural view of what to expect? They're saying it's going to be very close. And again, that makes the, Undecided voters and the third-party candidates really in play, right? Yeah, don't fall for it. I can personally say I don't think it's going to be a close vote at all. Um, we saw with the Republican Party, Ron Paul again, they'd rather crash the party than let somebody else take over. And my feeling is the Democrats have really rigged the system around this time around. Interesting. Some say, some say that the Republican Party has a complete disconnect from Romney, the campaign. I believe it. You know, doing this debate with four campaigns, I haven't even connected with most of the parties, you know, for these four campaigns of the Justice, Constitution, I haven't even corresponded with the National Libertarian Party or the National Green Party once this year. So I don't know if that said anything. I've been dealing with just the campaigns. But, um, you know, some say, hey, if the Republicans fall short this year, which is probably going to be the case, um, then, you know, they can blame everything on the Democrats and then come back in 16 and save us, and then government will still grow. I mean, that's what I'm hearing from different directions, but, you know, again, it's speculation, but getting pretty consistent. So here we go again, the system saying it'll be a close vote, so, you know, don't waste your vote on the third-party system. Well, for me, if I were to vote for a Democrat or Republican, shame on me. I've never voted for a Democrat or Republican in my life, and I never will probably going to actually pick a name randomly from a hat. I'm like so supportive of all these 27 candidates running for office and not all of them are on the ballot in Illinois so I guess I'll put everyone in the hat anyway so when I draw it and say, oh, they're not on the ballot, can't vote for them. Oh, they're not on the ballot, I can't vote for them. And then eventually once I get one, I guess that's who I'll vote for. But the Democrat and Republican, they won't be in the hat. (laughs) We had a guest on who was a uh, out of University of Chicago, he's the uh, he does Machiavellian democracy, and oh, yeah, he was, was mentioning, yeah, it really was it it, it was superb, and it, he was talking about the opposite of what we're doing uh, would be more direct democracy as opposed to the republic that we're talking about right now with elections and with a direct democracy. They were saying that the ancient systems actually would just randomly select someone and. Have you got any, any views on that one? You know, I would think Bev Harris would be your girl for that one. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I bet she's got a lot of views on that. Well, when I see her, I think I'm going to ask her that question. Well, well, so uh, they, no, uh, I, I don't really have. <laughs> I mean, that's call, how I feel like the current election. Uh, what they called it was the uh, the Tribune of the Plebes. And, <laughs> and apparently they would... Uh, uh, the uh, the plebes were basically the people from outside of the Rome, uh, the the city of Rome itself, and the surrounding areas who were uh, from which most of the military was drawn, and uh, uh, also that uh, provided Rome with uh, most of its uh, agricultural products and whatnot. And essentially, they would uh, do a lottery, and they would pick these people, and the the tribune of the plebes had the power to go in and uh, actually uh, uh, 
you know, indict senators for for crimes and uh, and undo things that the Senate was doing when they found it necessary. And uh, it seemed like it was a really good control upon the elites. And uh, I had kind of always had the same idea. And uh, you know, not having uh, dealt into Machiavelli in this way, uh, I uh, I kind of gave it my own name of uh, calling it the Latoriate. But uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, I I, I really got to say, I think most people in this country would. Uh, would probably uh, agree with me when when I say that I would really much rather trust our country to school teachers, car mechanics, uh, you know, grocery clerks, uh, engineers, yes. technicians, uh, factory workers, rather than a, a bunch of lawyers and and career politicians. <laughs> Don't forget the small business owner too. There's good ones there. Like Them teachers, too. you know, Them it goes too. both ways. Yeah. <laughs> it goes both ways, and you're so right. I mean, you know, all the problems we have from, of course, the electoral money. It goes deeper than just all these bad things that have been passed, the NDAA, SOPA, you, you name it, Patriot Act, and so on. I mean, the fact that we have a drug war. I mean, why? I learned just sitting down with the vice president of Costa Rica, Alfio Piva, for a couple hours that. Wow, the GW pharmaceuticals and, you know, how pharmaceutical industries, of course, they give lots of money, right, to the politicians in office so they, you know, get elected and reelected. Um, but, you know, they want to monopolize marijuana in a pill. And it's just, I mean, it just, it makes me sad that, uh, you know, there are people in prison and we're paying for that too. <laughs> and so, you know, that maybe have a little bit, little bit of possession. I know out in New York, um, as you may know, a number one budgetary problem in the United States is the government pensions. It's not the fault of the teachers. It's the fault of the politicians creating this unsustainable system, you know, with the union leaders. Not all unions are bad. Not all corporations are bad, but there are a lot of bad unions and a lot of bad corporations. But in any case, this unsustainable system where, uh, you know, checks are going to stop, have stopped coming, as we saw in Rhode Island, now bankrupt in California, but... Um, you know, in, 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 in New York, I mean, what do they do? The police out there, the last five years of their work, they intentionally uh, find people with a little bit of marijuana, make them expose it, and then they put them behind bars and they, they drag the, the court hours, five, ten, eight hours a day um, the last five years. So they rack up their government pension. So some of them sometimes have up to lifetime pension payouts of $60 million. I mean, this is what the drug war is just so, it's so bad. I, I learned this from the head of one of the biggest, uh, you know, uh, drug fighting uh, entities out of D.C. And so, you know, just all these different things from, from both sides, from the union, from really the corporate side. And, you know, it's just a two-party system that played us, but that's just no longer going to be the case. And uh, we're too smart for that. And we can fix it with technology and social networking and, so I urge you to go to freeandequal.org and check us out, research us, and, and see we've, we've done key parties where we have Ralph Nader endorse it, you know, in Chicago to keep it from being co-opted by uh, Newt Gingrich and, and others. And, and uh, you know, so it's just, you know, we really, really want to make the world a better place working with, with great media like yourself. <laughs> well, I, I, I gotta say, I hadn't heard about that Ralph Nader endorsing a Tea Party event. That's that's awesome. He did. <laughs> yeah, it was a free and equal. 
Check it out. It's right. really cool. Excellent. Funny. Excellent. <laughs> we've got about yeah. uh, we've got about four minutes left uh, to, to kind of round out this show, and hopefully we've got another show coming up before the election uh, to try to get the the candidates together to give us a discussion. Uh, we do have a program note here. Zach's post uh, for this show is rated in the top five over at the Daily Paul. Because uh, Zach is a rock star. <laughs> <Go> Zach Carter. <laughs> nice shooting, Zach. That's the way to go. Fire for effect, Sarge. Uh, anything uh, you wanted to round out here the last four minutes until hopefully we talk to you again sometime here in the next week again? Sure. You know, it's good to take unity. Um, not only here, we have to do it here throughout the United States first. And, and when we accomplish that, you know, no more war, no more drug war. GMO, I mean, gosh, Monsanto, Phillips, I mean, there's bigger ones than Monsanto. I, the fact that they he used to work for the FDA, the head of Monsanto, back of the FDA, I mean, those sort of things have just got an end, you know, health, prosperity, and well, when we fix the electoral system here throughout the United States, I think that, and I know it's going to inspire many other worlds to want to do the same. I mean, we have so many people that, uh, different countries and, and within the U- U.S. as well that are going to be covering our debate. Uh, don't forget to check it out next Monday, November 5th. <laughs> remember the 5th of November and, and remember the 5th, and it's on Monday at 9 o'clock Eastern. So I hope you can check that out, free A&D equal.org free and equal.org and i hope you like it and if you like it contribute if you can we get like i said one dollar five twenty dollar donations i mean just dozens a day and it just adds up and we use that for great things and and we look forward to well getting to know your listeners and them getting to know us and we're here we're here for the long for the long haul to well, make we, the world a better place <laughs> we uh let me get in a plug for us we do occupy america we're not going anywhere Woo-hoo, that's what I like to hear. Uh, I think you guys are great. <laughs> we really loved having you on. It's been great. Can you get Zach in again and so we can kind of get a, a last thought from him? That's, uh, love to have Zach on. Thanks for your time. Here he is. Get the money out of politics. Okay. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's, that's what uh, Christina and I are, are working on on the big picture. Uh, we have to get the money out of politics. How, how much is this election costing? Um, I've, I've seen numbers of a billion dollars just on ads, and, and that's before everything else that uh, Romney and Obama are spending. Let's leave a last thought with one of our listeners. This just came across on our text line. Uh, we the people are not being heard anymore. They work for those rich corporations. I did watch the third-party debate and really was surprised to see the topics they were discussing. They are the people, people like us who are tired of this garbage. My daughter's school is having their own voting day in middle school, either Obama or Romney. Uh, Why didn't they get any other choices either? Uh, that's kind of it for this show. Zach, we're counting on you to work your magic, and maybe we can have one more chance for these guys to get the word out before the election on Tuesday. Uh, again, we want to thank you for giving us your time here. Anything, Mark? Uh, Mr. Obama, Mr. Romney, rebuttal? No? <laughs> Nothing? Uh, okay, well, I guess that's that. <laughs> 
thanks again, guys. That's it for this hour. Uh, Occupy America Social Network and 12160, co-broadcasting live. Uh, stand by for Tara's show. And uh, that's it. Hopefully we'll be talking to you again this week, one more time before the election. Uh, thanks again. Thanks for standing.